Uh, right now, we are in a bit of a crisis in uh, Manitoba. Most of the shelters in Manitoba are full on a daily basis. We're actually turning people away. So that speaks for itself, why we need these shelters. So his abuse was emotional in the beginning. Uh, he would notice when I gained weight, say things like, you have a pretty face, but he'd actually take food away from me if he thought I was overeating. He was also a bully. He frequently put me down. When I confronted him on his behavior, he would say things like, well, I never hit you. Like he deserved a trophy for it or something. That first voice you heard was Kim Heidinger from Agape House. She joins the podcast and we talk about why we need shelters here in southeast Manitoba. And that second voice belongs to a woman who has a story to tell. Her name is Ruth Morris and she shares her story of hope and how Agape House and the Phoenix Project has helped her. If a story of abuse is true to your life, I want to give you a little bit of caution. Some of the things Ruth shares could be triggering. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for joining me here. I want to talk about why shelters are needed in the Southeast. But before we do that, I just want a little breakdown of what exactly it is you do at Agape House. I am called the, I have a long title, I am the (laughs) non-residential and follow-up counsellor. So what that means is that I provide uh, follow-up support for for women who have left the shelter after they've had their stay here. And the non-residential part uh, means that I provide counselling and support to people in the community who have experienced some uh, abuse or domestic violence They don't want to or need to come into shelter, but they would like to have the support to deal with some of the situations that they are in. Okay, that's a pretty heavy job. It is, but it's rewarding Hmm. and fulfilling. So are you busy in your role? Why why does Southeast Manitoba need Agape House? Uh, Right now, Carly, we are in a bit of a crisis in uh, Manitoba. Most of the shelters in Manitoba are full on a daily basis. We're actually turning people away. So that speaks for itself, why we need these shelters in our region and every region of the province. Is there a reason that all of our shelters are so full, right? Like, is there is it, is this because of the pandemic? That is what we think. I've, I've only been here for about two years, so I really only know... Hmm. Um, what work is like in a shelter during a pandemic. I don't know anything different. But from the numbers that we've seen and from what I've been hearing from um, staff who have been here for for several years, the pandemic is definitely playing a part in this. I know when the pandemic first started, people who've worked in the field of domestic violence were expecting an increase in the shelters. The first year of the pandemic, we actually saw a little bit of a decrease. And now into the second year of the pandemic, there's definitely an increase in the shelter capacity. Wow. So how do you how do you deal with somebody who says I need the shelter, but you don't have space? Like to me, Kim, that's that's be such a hard conversation to have. That is we're we're all struggling with that right now. Um, And there are some plans in the works to fix this problem going on in Manitoba. But what we do here at Agape House is take the time to talk to people, um, listen, find out what is going on, 
uh, provide whatever supports that we can. There are um, other shelters in Winnipeg. There's Main Street Project and Silo Mission, which is, is not always the best place for someone to go when they're experiencing domestic violence. Um, we have a lot of connections with other supports in the whole province, so we do our best to try and connect people with someone or some place that they can get to to be safe. Uh, I'm <laughs> wow. Yeah. So so we do we spend time on the phone for sure, and we never just say to someone, "Sorry, we're full." and leave it at that. We always um, ask a few more questions and do whatever we can to help people find safety. And part of your role as a non-residential counsellor is that you are helping people who aren't within the four walls of the shelter, correct? Yes. So we do all always have our 24-7 crisis line available. One of the other things that we're doing right now, if I could promote a, a new project that's going on, oh, is something called the Phoenix Project. And it is an eight-week course for women who have experienced domestic violence. Uh, it's being run by myself and another uh, support worker, counselor at the shelter. And the Phoenix Project, why is it called the Phoenix Project? Um, one of our Past employees worked on this project, and if anyone knows the story about the phoenix, I've got a little quote here from our our book that says, as the legend goes, when the phoenix resurrects from the flames, she is even more beautiful than before. Hmm. So there's this whole story of phoenix rising, and that's what we're helping women to do, is to rise up and move past the challenges that they have faced in living with domestic violence. So this started with a focus group. Uh, Agape House was looking for women who were willing to share their experiences with domestic violence and abuse to help create a resource guide that would help others as they were on their journey to independence. So you started, so there was a group of women who were saying, yes, I want to share, and that's where you started this from. Yes, that's where the information was gathered. We we took actual people that had been through the experience of family violence and said, what's important? What do you want to know about? What do you think other women need to know or want information about? So I like this because you're going straight to the source of the people who've experienced this. And, yes, and, and, and I mean, maybe it's the wrong term, but they are the experts, unfortunately. Yeah. They are the experts. So this project um, a few years ago was supported by the Chrysalis Fund, mm -hmm. and they support organizations and charities in the Steinbeck area that promote growth and positive change in children and youth and families. So they were the funders behind the research and getting the groups going and all the work put into it and printing up of some of the books that we, we now have. So what kind of things do you cover in those eight weeks? Mm -hmm. So... Some of the topics that we're covering, week one, we start with creative journaling, just to help people get their thoughts out um, onto paper or to do something creative, just to get used to expressing themselves in a, in a safer, therapeutic way. Then we move into week two, dealing with emotions and expressing emotions. We have topics about 
relationships, family, friends, your faith, community, work colleagues, and just the dynamics around dealing with those relationships. Hmm. Uh, We have a week focused on some parenting skills, either single parenting or co-parenting and the challenges that come with some of that. Uh, We've also got a session called Navigating the System, the system being dealing with uh, employment and insurance Hmm. and sometimes with CRA and the CFS system, the Child and Family Services, uh, legal stuff, the healthcare system. There are so many systems that are available for people to access, and it can be really challenging finding your way through that. So we provide some information and teach women how to self-advocate in these areas. Wow. I can only imagine you're dealing with abuse, and now you're trying to help yourself and your family, and here you have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. You have to learn about how the legal system works and make sure your needs are met and your family's needs are met. It can be very overwhelming for a lot of the women that that have been through enough in in their lives already. We actually get some calls where uh, women aren't sure if they would qualify to come into the shelter. And we, we do hear women say, well, I haven't been physically abused. I haven't been hit or I haven't been hurt that way. But I guess what we want everyone, the community, everyone to know is that there's so many other different kinds of abuse out there from verbal abuse um, and, of course, sexual abuse. There's financial abuse when money is withheld from women and children and they're maybe not allowed to grocery shop uh, or buy the things that they need. We hear about spiritual abuse where spiritual ideas are used um, in an oppressive way Hmm. on women and children. And there's, of course, emotional and psychological abuse that comes with all these different types. So it's not just the physical abuse that women are recovering from and their children. I appreciate you just breaking that down because I think most of us, when we hear about Agape House and it's a shelter, we just all of a sudden think of women in physical danger. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate hearing the explanation. And it's interesting to hear women calling and saying, I don't think I need this, but do I? Mm -hmm. I, Wow. What are you hearing and seeing from people who are participating in the Phoenix Project, if you can to speak about it without breaking confidentiality? What are you hearing from women as they've participate in this? We have just started. So okay. we've run our first session. Um, but the women that have enrolled in this program were very excited about it. And they've talked about wanting more information and wanting more support. Um, our first session was the, the creative journaling part. And the participants really enjoyed that aspect of uh, getting things out in a safe way. And there was some laughter and joy as we did some of these projects and we reflected on the artistic and creative process. So it was a, a nice, gentle introduction into the project. Well, it sounds like it, this is going to be providing some hope. Well, just even the thought of participating in it as as a participant, this would be a hopeful thing. Absolutely. That's one thing we hear about all the time, and we try to talk about that too, not to give up hope. 
or to look for areas where there are hope or hold on to the hope that things will get better. So Kim, you have been working with Agape House for about two years now. What are some of the good things that you've seen as a result of your time working there? Absolutely, and I'm so glad you'd ask that, Carly. I'd love to talk about that. So um, in the counseling and in the startup of this project, too, and in the follow-up support, um, women talk about walking away with a better awareness. And I call it all the self-stuff. So self-awareness and self-confidence and uh, learning more and making time for self-care, feeling more of a sense of self-love and self-acceptance and also self-determination. So I love um, reminding women about all those self-things. I also find, too, that, that... Women talk about an increase in courage and feeling braver and stronger and finding their inner strength and finding who they are again and finding joy once again. We, we talk about where can we look for joy and rekindle the joy that they once had in their lives. Um, and back to the, the self-stuff that I talk about, um, self-esteem is, is an important piece Um, when dealing with people who've been through domestic violence because it is a protective factor against domestic violence. So helping women and children to increase their self-esteem helps that as a protective factor. It's so important. That's got to be rewarding for you to see that change, right? And I mean, I know it's not you specifically, but to be able to walk alongside and help somebody reach some of those places has to feel pretty good. It does. And um, I guess the best thing about that is when I get to wrap up with a client and they say, you know what, Kim, I think I'm good. I don't think I need any more sessions. I'm good to go. I feel like I've got this. I've got my strategies in place. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling stronger. I don't think we need to talk anymore. So I feel a little bit sad about that, (laughs) but I'm always happy when when someone decides on their own that we can wrap this up and they've got this. They can move forward. What a bittersweet moment that has to be. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So, Kim, we've barely touched on what the Phoenix Project is. I mean, this is a brand new program that that you are starting at Agape House. What have we missed talking about? Is there anything you would like to share about the project that we haven't touched on? Uh, a couple of topics that we use towards the end of the eight-week sessions. So we do talk about basic needs, finding creative solutions for food insecurity and accessing healthy food, dealing with finances when some people are dealing with minimal income, finding affordable housing. Then we also discuss mental health and addictions, along with sometimes addictions are a way for people to cope with difficulties that are going on. And sometimes mental health problems come as a result of the abuse that women and children have experienced. So that's an important, a little bit of a heavy topic, but important to discuss. And then we end up with starting over and healthy relationships. 
and identifying aspects of healthy and unhealthy relationships, and not just in love or romantic relationships, but with family and with friends. Uh, Some women have been isolated from their family and friends, so working back into those relationships, um, rebuilding their self-esteem around that as well. There's so much, so much that like needs to be covered. There is a lot, and we're very thankful to the focus group that did this a couple of years ago and, and gave us such good feedback into what was important to cover. I'm sure we could find a lot more, but we took the core pieces hmm. and uh, created this program. So one of the people who participated in your focus group was Ruth, correct? Yes. We'll hear Ruth's story in in a bit here, but what have you seen as a result in her time with the Phoenix Project? Um, I wasn't with Ruth as she went through the focus group, but I can tell you that Ruth is an example of a success story. When you hear her story and realize everything that she's been through and you hear the emotional aspect and the other aspects of what she's been through and how strong she is now and how she has come through it. And she is working towards helping others and educating others. She has a success story, and we're so proud of her for sharing that with other people and helping to inspire others to get out of their situations and move forward. So much hope is is within this project. Mm-hmm. If somebody is wanting more information about the Phoenix Project, how do they connect up with this? They can call us here at the shelter at 204-326-6062. If they're in a situation and they want more information, we'll definitely, definitely talk with them. Thank you so much for your time, Kim, and for your work with the Phoenix Project. I look forward to hearing more good stories in the years to come. Thank you, Carly. Always a pleasure to talk to you. As Kim and I started to discuss talking about the Phoenix Project and how it is changing lives, I asked if there was somebody that she knew of that would be willing to share their story, how the Phoenix Project and how Agape House helped them change their life. And Ruth came to mind. Here's Ruth's story. So my story begins when I was married in uh, 2003, August 2nd. Uh, my husband never hit me or the kids. He didn't yell. He worked every day. He had hobbies, friends, but he was also an alcoholic and he was abusive. Um, just to clarify, there are many different types of abuse, physical, emotional, mental, financial, just to name a few, but all are traumatizing and all are equally scarring. Emotional abuse is used as a way to control another person, using emotions to criticize, embarrass, shame, blame, or otherwise manipulate another person. A relationship is emotionally abusive when there is a consistent pattern of abusive words and bullying behaviors that wear down a person's self-esteem and undermine their mental health. So his abuse was emotional in the beginning. Uh, He would notice when I gained weight, say things like, you have a pretty face, but he'd actually take food away from me if he thought I was overeating. He was also a bully. He frequently put me down. When I confronted him on his behavior, he would say things like, well, I never hit you, like he deserved a trophy for it or something. He also started berating his oldest son, which was very hard to watch, and sometimes I still struggle with the guilt of not doing more to protect him. 
As the years went by, his drinking and bullying became worse. I came to dread weekends when we'd be home together because uh, there would always be a bottle constantly in his hands. So I did start reaching out for help. I joined a Facebook group for women who were married or in relationships with alcoholics. I uh, went to Al-Anon. I started putting up boundaries in our marriage, and one boundary was that I would not be intimate with him if he was intoxicated. You know, and uh, your husband is supposed to be your protector, your safety, and, and the one you can trust with your life. Um, during my marriage, I, I kept telling myself, the next time he rapes me, I'll call the police. Uh, the next time he rapes me, I'll leave. The next time. And I don't know if he even realized what he was doing was rape. I know he didn't feel remorse because I would sit by the bed and weep. And he'd look at me and say, what's wrong with you? So I just want to put it out there, ladies. If you say no to physical intimacy, whoever you're with, married or not, should respect that. So after the last incident, I gave him an ultimatum. I said, if you keep drinking, I have to take the kids and leave. I gave him options of different programs, all the phone numbers. Um, I gave him time, but he ultimately decided that uh, alcohol was more important than his family. And that's when I um, reached out to Agape House. I actually had no idea what to expect. I uh, found their information in the phone book. And uh, all I knew was that I needed support. I needed guidance. I had no idea how to navigate the situation I was in. Um, I didn't even know if they'd be able to help because, again, you have that stigma. He never hit me, right? Um, the staff at Agape House were incredibly kind and supportive. They gave me power through knowledge about domestic abuse, abusers, and victors. I prefer victors to victims. Um, I had support enough through family and friends and my workplace that I didn't need to live in the shelter, but I still had full access to all the resources. So I started seeing a counselor from Agape House regularly. She listened without judgment. She offered resources, tools, and knowledge to help me sort out what I had been through and what steps I needed to take next. And she never forced anything on me. She only offered options and solutions. She helped me realize that I was worthy of being loved, being loved properly, and that that love had to start from myself first. So now it's been over seven years since I left my marriage. And I have to say, at the young age of 42, I am finally living my best life. But not all women are able to or have the support to overcome their relationship patterns. A lot of women find themselves back with their abusers or in a new abusive relationship. And that is why we desperately need resources like Agape House and their programs in our community. There is a new program that they've started at Agape House, which focuses on growth and moving forward. Uh, some of the topics that they're covering are journaling, emotions, relationships, parenting, basic needs, navigating the system, mental health and addictions, plus how to have a healthy relationship. And I just want to say, if you're listening right now and you are in an abusive relationship, I want you to know that there is hope. You do not have to remain comfortable in your misery. Just because it's familiar does not make it right. And yeah, leaving is terrifying. The unknown is scary, but what's worse is staying still, dying a little day by day, allowing your joy to be stripped away from you. You know what, ladies? You are worthy of love, as you are in this moment. It doesn't matter what you've done or mistakes you've made. That just makes you human. You are a beautiful soul. You have been born from perfection, 
and you deserve to be loved as such. But that love has to begin with you. So search your heart. I know that you know this deep down inside. and Don't be scared to ask for help. Surround yourself with as much support as you can. Have faith. Let go and take that first step to freedom. Well, Ruth, I really, I don't know what to say. I sit here um, with tears in my eyes to hear what you had, what you have experienced, but also smiling at the same time because I hear a whole lot of hope. Yeah, yeah, and there is. What is life like for you now? Um, Well, now I am a single mom of two boys. Um, I have a lot of support from my family. My parents live on my property in their own little place. And it's we've gotten to our own routine. We have freedom. I can raise my kids the way I want to. Um, they're safe. I'm safe. And um, it is such an amazing thing to be controlling your own destiny and not walking on eggshells. I can't imagine. So without Agape House... Where do you think you'd be right now, if we can just go there for a second? You know, honestly, I I don't know. Um, They were a huge influence and support for me. Um, And, yeah, they they gave me that power through the knowledge because, honestly, I didn't even realize. You you go into marriage very young. I was raised in a Christian family where you you listen to your husband, right? Hmm. Right. I didn't even realize what he was doing was wrong. It didn't even occur to me, but I knew something was off in it. And Agape House just opened that up to me going, no, Ruth, this is what's happened to you. And it, it took me a long time to, to be able to say that and to be able to go, oh, my gosh, this has happened to me. But once I was able to accept that, I could move forward from it. So honestly, yeah, if they could have, if they could be out in the community more helping women, just helping raise self-esteem and going, no, you don't need to be treated that way. You are worth more. I mean, that would be wonderful. I love hearing the hope and the fact that you are in a place now where you can share your story because I believe there's huge power in sharing our stories. And so you have helped many people that are going to be hearing this story already, Ruth. Yeah, I, I know it. And that is that is my hope as well. Um, I always thought the things that I've gone through in my life haven't, they couldn't just be for me. You know, I, I need to be able to share this to make the uncomfortable maybe a little more comfortable to talk about so that someone can say, hey, you know what, I've been there and I can talk about this to someone. Um, so, yeah, that, that is my dream, you know, to, to be able to talk about these uncomfortable subjects and bring them into light. You've taken a horrible situation and given purpose <laughs> to that experience in sharing that with other people. And so thank you so much for sharing your story, Ruth. I'm, uh, yeah, it touches me. I hope that women that hear this can respond and, mm-hmm. um, and make changes like you did. Yes, that is my hope as well. You, you would say if somebody was experiencing what you've experienced right now, what, what is the first step would you say from your experience uh, from my experience, the first step, um, and it took me years to do this, was to create a support group of positive people, women, men, whoever, family, friends, and just reaching out and building up your self-esteem. Because when you take that step and you leave, I mean, 
you need a lot of strength. And I had to gather that strength from a lot of people around me. Um, so, yeah, definitely educating yourself and getting that support was huge. Reach out to a friend and reach out to Agape House. That's, that's correct. Thank you for sharing your story, Ruth. Thank you. So if Ruth's story rings a little true to you, I would encourage you to give Agape House a phone call, 204-346-0028, or call 1-877-977-0007. Or you can find more information over at agapehouse.ca. Thank you again to Ruth for sharing your story. I hope it provides some inspiration and hope for those that needed to hear it.